20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm Steve Perhatch, joined as always by Sarah Kelleher, Dusty Evely. What is going on, guys? It's football season. It is game week. Who is excited? Me. Me. I am ecstatic. It is game week. I can't believe we're here. We made it. It's happening. Could not be more thrilled than I am right now. We're so close. Oh, I'm so excited. I really am just beaming (laughs) with happiness. (laughs) Yeah. Everything Sarah said. The season, (laughs) the actual season just snuck up on us. But we're here and we're actually previewing the game for this Sunday. It feels real. It feels like it's really happening, and I'm 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 giddy. I bought. Uh, I have a hard time finding them. But I found some peanut butter Oreos that I bought for the occasion for this Sunday. So I am ready. I'm in. I bought some scotch. I haven't bought scotch in a while. Bought a bottle of scotch for the post game celebration after the Packers win. Uh, okay. I'm I'm all in, man. Could not be more excited. Yeah, it's uh, it's about time. I'm really tired of watching guys in shorts and stuff like that play, like you know, playing catch. And I'm ready for some full on uh, football. People getting their butts kicked, and it's going to be awesome watching Kirk Cousins uh, on the ground with Zadarius Smith crawling over him with whatever new celebrations he's come up with this year. So I'm very, very excited. Sounds sexy, Steve. Sounds real sexy. Wow, that's uh. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's just move on because Dusty's in a weird kind of awkward mood tonight. So, uh, news and notes from around the NFL. Uh, unfortunately, looks like tonight we got some bad news on Von Miller, who suffered a lower leg injury in practice, and it looks like he's most likely done uh, for the year, which always sucks when one of the top tier guys is always out. You never never hope to see that kind of thing going on. So. Never, never fun. Um, next up, we actually got some confirmations from uh, some from a target that everybody said that the Packers should go get that the Packers actually tried to get. So it was kind of a fun little thing going around Twitter today. Snacks Harrison, somebody sent him uh, a tweet and it said, you know, I'm really mad that the Packers haven't come get, try to get you. And all he said was, they have. So then everybody freaked out, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, even though it was reported like three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Dusty, what was your what was your immediate reaction seeing all this kind of fun on Twitter world today? Yeah, I didn't I didn't see it till later. So that was my reaction. It was like, people were like, Packers trying to get snacks, blah, blah, blah. I was like, would I, I, did I go back in time to three weeks ago when this was news? I mean, it's, it's cool that he said it, I guess. But we already had confirmation, and it, it felt like at the time and, and even now – he kind of he's I assume he has no shortage of suitors. It's just a he's deciding whether he wants to play this year or again at all. So uh, we knew uh, I can't remember. I, I think it was Ross Hogan, uh reported initially like a few weeks back. Yeah, and I can't remember if that was a coach or something or a GM or I think it may have been a, a Gutekunst thing saying basically like we've, we've made inquiries on him like we've called. So it's not not shocking in the least. Again, the only thing shocking is the fact that like people were freaking out about this because this was already kind of known. Um, it was good hearing from him about that, but I do like, again, we've talked about this before, the fact that Gutekunst does not stop uh, trying to improve that roster. Um, and whether the guy comes to Green Bay or not, I, you know, we don't know. And sometimes that's with that outside of the control, but I do like that he's, he's, he's looking at that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, I, I thought the whole thing was really just fun in general. I think the reactions from everyone, um, I know Chisa TV commented a couple memes um, just on the initial tweet and so many people were just kind of messing with him and just around on that thread on Twitter because yeah, this is something that you know we had heard murmurs about in the recent weeks, but just to hear him straight up say, yeah, they have, like whatever, was just kind of funny to me. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see like, Hey, we're at least putting feelers out there. I think, you know, especially during this off season, it felt like, are they going to do anything? Are they going to do anything? Have they been doing anything? So it was nice to at least have that confirmation that yes, behind the scenes, things are happening and we don't know everything, even though sometimes we like to think we do. (laughs) So that was just kind of my takeaway on that. Aaron Jones was a guest on good morning football today. And apparently his uh, agent is talking with the Packers and they're working on a contract extension. And as we've been talking about before, it's kind of weird because I thought I've heard that since like February. <laughs> so uh, um, uh, obviously that's good news. Hopefully it's a team friendly deal if they do get something done. But Sarah, what did you kind of take away? Like, is that get you excited? Or is it just kind of, eh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it when the deal is actually done kind of thing. I think a little bit of both. I think realistically, like right away when I saw it, I was like, yes, like we love to see that. I'm excited to see that they're at least um, working on it and moving towards it. But then thinking from it kind of, you know, from a more realistic standpoint um, and what's maybe best for the team. Like you said, Steve, I hope it's just something that's team friendly. That's also a great benefit to him because he's a great player and he deserves to be paid and, you know, um, get that paycheck. But I also don't, like want the team to financially make a decision that maybe they're not exactly in the place to make. So I really hope he stays. I would love for it to work out where he can, but you know, we'll have to see later down the line if it's really the right thing for all parties involved. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, it's again, we like, we, we've kind of, we've been talking about this. We talked about this last week. Um, We've talked about a possible Aaron Jones extension in the past. So, and we knew something they'd been talking, so it doesn't, my thoughts now are not any different than they were before that came out. That like I wouldn't be shocked if they do sign up to an extension. It does seem like something uh, both sides are interested in. But until it actually happens, I'm not really gonna feel one way or another about it. I think I'm I'm very much against paying running backs big money. Um, I think Aaron Jones' skill set is versatile enough that uh, that paying him something is good. Keeping it having Aaron Jones is better than not having Aaron Jones, I guess. But it's at what cost does that come? But I, I you know, if that happens. Uh, then I will have feelings about it then. Uh, but until then, it just seems like it's, is it going to happen this week? Probably not. Maybe it happens in six months. Maybe it doesn't happen at all. It just, it seems like there's a lot of smoke, but, but there's no new news right now. We just know they're in talks and that's not shocking. It's not, not anything new that we didn't already know. I need to see what AJ Dillon does. If AJ Dillon shows out, if he is trucking dudes left and right, running over people, you know, scoring touchdowns in the red zone, doing like catching balls out of the backfield, being an unbelievably effective running back. Like I can't see why the Packers would give uh, Aaron Jones the type of money that running backs are getting right now. Like Joe Mixon got 12, 12 million a year. That's what we talked about last week. Joe Mixon got $12 million a year. He is not as good as Aaron Jones is. You can't tell me that he is. He doesn't do everything that Aaron Jones does. So it, Unless Aaron Jones is looking at taking a huge pay cut. And I mean, we we've talked about this multiple times. The guy's amazing. Why would he? 
why would he take a huge pay cut just to stay with the Packers? That doesn't make sense for him or his team. I mean, if you're talking seven to eight million dollars a year, okay, sign me up for Aaron yeah. Jones. But I can't, I can't see him doing that. Something like that. Um, this is his one chance to make, to make some uh, a big, big amount of money as a running back. Um, so, if if AJ Dillon does anything noteworthy, like I just don't see the Packers bringing him back. So. Sounds like it, it. Like it, it's great that they're talking and they're they're going to be talking to everybody's um, agents about extensions and things like that. If see kind of where they stand, but right now I'm guessing that's probably not something that's going to be happening anytime soon. Tuesday, um, we have the Packers releasing their official Week One depth chart. So we're all going to do the. One big takeaway from the thing that we saw that that uh, that we noted the most. So, Dusty, what did what was your one big takeaway from the Packers depth chart? There's a handful of ways to go with this. For me, it was it was looking at the tight end position. Um, we were talking about this before the show, and Sarah was very much talking about how Lafleur just like a week or two ago, right, Sarah? Like it was not that long Literally ago. Okay, yeah. he he said Tanyan's our tight end one, which at the time was like, oh man, everyone thought it was gonna be Sternberger. It's Tanyan. Okay, blah blah blah. Depth chart has Mercedes Lewis as his tight end one, which I take with a huge grain of salt. So I looked at a little bit from last year. Mercedes Lewis had two games last year where he cried, where he had more than sixty percent of the offensive snaps. He was generally in the forty to mid forties to mid fifties range. To contrast that, Jimmy Graham, who was the tight end one last year, he tailed off a bit as the year went on, but he still, it was rare to see him. I think he had two games under 55% of snaps. He had seven games over 60%, and two of those were north of 70. Again, Mercedes Lewis, two games that cracked 60, and those were like 62%. So seeing Mercedes Lewis as tight end one was weird because it flew in the face of what LaFleur said a couple weeks ago, and also just... Mercedes Lewis is a fine player. Like he's he's 36. He's got a skill set. He does it well. Uh, but he's not should not be tight end one of this offense. So seeing that was like okay how how official is this and how strictly do they stick to like snap counts when they when they talk about this and I I can't believe that it's that much because with the grouping they have and granted experienced group inexperienced grouping all that I'm, I have a hard time envisioning a world where Mercedes Lewis is tight end one like coming into the season so that was that stood out that was a bit odd to me oh like we talked about before he he's basically right tackle number yeah. two yeah. so basically he'll, he'll be he'll be chipping on either uh Ngankwe or um Daniel Hunter on the other side whoever you know whoever lines up there so he lines up as right tackle two Tanyan is still tight end one so I mean I get it I get the logistics he might be backup left tackle Steve you never know that, that, that <laughs> the width the depth that the Packers have at tackle position I would not be shocked yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god I think my you know like Dusty had mentioned there was a lot you could have taken away from your first glance at this unofficial official depth chart um but something i noticed was that uh lazard was wide receiver two and mbs was wide receiver three i think they can they they will probably be interchangeable during the season but just to see it listed was interesting to me because that had been something in the off season that was very debatable um amongst you know packers fans packers bloggers personalities everyone in in between so i think Lazard will absolutely kind of be the guy that Rodgers goes to at first, just because I know that they have a trust that's established between them from last season. But it seems like MBS's stock is going up every single day. I know Rodgers mentioned in camp last week that 
the player he was most impressed with um, in the, you know, the 10 days of camp was MVS and that um, him and LaFleur both said that this is a new standard for MVS and what he's been able to do. So I could, you know, I could see it kind of going back and forth, but that was just something on paper I thought was interesting to look at. Yeah, I mean, if the Packers have three talented wide receivers, holy crap, look out. Like, yeah. <laughs> running game, talented wide receivers, Aaron Rodgers with a, you know, run play action all day. Like, oof, that could be uh, that could be a little bit of fun. Biggest takeaway for me was Tim Boyle being listed as QB2. I don't know if you guys listen to this podcast, but somebody on here, I believe, had a couple like a month or so ago, was talking about how that should that was probably going to be the case for at least half the season, if not longer. I can't remember who it was, so I won't. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't listen. I don't, to this. I don't listen. To, I don't listen to the podcast, so I do not know what you were referring to. <laughs> I hate both of you. <laughs> So unbelievably much. Never give me any. I'm not right all the, a lot, but when I am, I want to pat myself on the back, and you never let me do it. Um, anyway, like it's one of those things we talked about. It's it's one of those things that just makes sense because Jordan Love needs time. We we knew he was going to need time, and Tim Boyle's been around the system longer. He's uh, it's weird to say, kind of a veteran, I guess. I mean, what this is his third year now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, I mean, he knows what he's doing in the Packers' offense. He's been around. Rodgers likes him. Clearly, they've been like, you know, horsing around the whole training camp, which has been <laughs> highly entertaining. So, I mean, it makes sense. I, it wouldn't surprise me by the end of the year if Jordan Love supplants him as his QB two. But for right now, it's just one of those things that it, it makes sense. They're going to give Jordan Love all the time he needs to learn, to grow, and to like make himself into a, the best quarterback that, that, that he can be. So there's absolutely no need to rush him along into QB2. So that was my uh, biggest takeaway from the Packers depth chart. One last thing before we jump into some actual week one game stuff, just kind of a cool thing that I saw that the Pro Football Hall of Fame tweeted out today was that Aaron Rodgers is 3,054 passing yards away from becoming the 11th quarterback to reach 50,000 career passing yards. So pretty, pretty cool that we'll be able to watch. uh, As as long as things go well this year, obviously, uh, that we'll be able to watch him pass 50,000 passing yards this year. I think by week Ah, two. Probably. I mean, probably. I mean, the Vikings – we'll be previewing this soon, but the Vikings are very (laughs) questionable (laughs) – in the secondary. I don't know if you knew this. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> uh, okay, so basically what we're going to kind of do what we did last year, and each episode of the Pack-A-Day podcast will be doing some previewing of the upcoming game. And this year it looks like we are going to be taking, um, as the Wednesday episode, the Packers offense versus, versus the opponent's defense. So we got Packers offense, Vikings defense, and we liked what we did last year. We The one big takeaway that each of us are kind of looking at each week and see, wanting to see how the Packers attack it. Um, so, Sarah, I'm going to start with you. What is the one thing that you are going to be looking for from the Packers' offense versus the Vikings' defense this week? Yeah, so mine's a little bit of a concern rather than something that I'm excited or looking forward to. And that would just be what the heck is going to happen at the right tackle position. So obviously with injuries and stuff like that, it's thinning a little bit. And there's obviously some cause for concern of what's going to happen there. You know, 
Um, the Vikings have a very strong uh, pass rush, and it's definitely their area of strength. Um, Steve kind of alluded to it earlier that their secondary is just a bunch of question marks. We don't really know like what's going to happen there, but their front guys are so strong. I mean, you have guys like Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith, Daniel Hunter, who I know has kind of been in and out of practice, but I'm assuming he's going to be there week one and he's going to be a presence. And, you know, that's kind of scary that there could be a guy at right tackle right now for Green Bay that, you know, doesn't have as much much experience as we would have liked and they'll really be able to kind of um exploit that weakness right now which i think is our biggest weakness on the offensive side of things so that's going to be what i'm you know looking out for there are some veterans that are on this vikings defense and they're going to carry the team um at least in the front half of things but after that you know if we can at least hold them off enough to get some deep balls down the field and, you know, even quick runs in the slot. I think it's going to be really dangerous for green Bay. I definitely think they have the advantage, but it's just going to be something I'm going to be keeping my eye out all game because, you know, there's a lot of great defensive guys that the Packers will face this year. And if in week one already we're struggling, that's something that's going to get kind of exploited really early on to the season that teams could, you know, watch film and easily, easily figure out, you know, what are we doing there and why isn't it working and how, can they come and exploit that weakness? So that's what I'll be looking out for. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm looking for surprise, surprise. The passing game, uh, the Packers passing game, is is kind of my big thing. So you guys both kind of touched it already. The, the the Viking secondary. I'm gonna use. We got a question from someone. I'm gonna use that as a jumping off point. So this is from uh, Magdalena. This is at Never Call Me Lena. So just call her Magdalena. I guess. Um, just do that. Um, her question says Viking secondary. As bad as it looks for Minnesota. Uh, and how do they match up with our pass catching group after Devonte? The thing about the Vikings secondary is that, like outside of the safeties, no one knows. No one has any idea. But I assume they're going to be bad. I mean, this seems like kind of like a soft rebuild for that defense. And the and the secondary, those cornerbacks, are, I think are going to get. I think they they could get roasted. I mean, and this comes in. There are question marks at the Packers wide receiver group as well. But I think the Packers wide receivers match up really well. So it's it's you know Adams. And then past that, it's Lazard, MVS, EQ, and we'll throw in you know Irvin in there as a gadget guy. Um, we'll just kind of throw those guys out there. I think they match up really well. I mean, Sarah mentioned it earlier. MVS kind of stock up. You expect kind of big things out of him. We know what we saw of Lazard last year. Now, my belief about Lazard is that he's he's roughly going to be that guy. Um, that yeah, I don't know that he takes a jump. But I think he's fine being that guy. Like that's what he showed last year was very, very good. Then you throw EQ in there as well. I think that's really, really good against that secondary. Uh, and I looked at, you know, you look at um, last year what the Packers did. Now Rogers' passing yardage was not great against them, but especially that second game, uh, that that game late in the season, they were peppering them with essentially the same concept over and over again. There's a whole bunch of kind of follow slant stuff that like the Vikings secondary then could not keep up with, and they're not any better equipped to handle that now. So you think of like. You know, Devonte. We'll say Devonte in the slot, and you run MVS behind him on a follow slant. And then if the linebacker falls back with MVS, you throw it to Devonte. And if he stays with Devonte, you've got a wide open spot provided MVS gets inside of his defender there. So I think we're going to see a lot of that. And we've got the guys. MVS has shown that he can do that. Lazard has shown he can do that. EQ can certainly do that. Uh, so I think we're going to see a lot of that same. And we're going to get into it a little bit, which I think is is going to help that kind of quick hitting game because the offensive line, those questions on the offensive line, are definitely 
definitely going to crop up. So if they can get that quick hitting game going, I think they can absolutely roast the secondary with the quicker stuff and then be able to hit you know a couple shots over the top of MBS. So um, I, there are some unknowns, certainly in the secondary and in the wide receiver group. So we don't know exactly, but I think... <laughs> week one is a really good time to play this team because you've got so many young guys. You've got so many guys who are kind of unproven that I think the Packers are going to be able to do essentially whatever they want against the cornerback group. And then later in the season, maybe they get a better time to gel. But I think, I think it's going to be a really good matchup. I'm really looking forward to that kind of those short, those quick hitters between like three to seven yards. I think they're going to just absolutely eat on those things. I'm going to be looking for uh, Aaron Jones because he – destroyed the Vikings the two times they played last year. Uh, week two, he rushed for 115 yards. I believe he had 34 receiving yards and a touchdown. Week 15 was when, who was it? Uh, was it Anthony Barr? Told him the lights were too yeah. Little Anthony Barr. <laughs> <laughs> the lights are too bright for Aaron Jones. And then he went off for 154 rushing yards, two TDs, and – I mean, I get it. You had Ngakwe, but like you talked about, like they, they're all, their defense. They lost a lot of starters. They're replacing guys, um, and not having a full off season, not having a preseason, not having all those things. If you can run Aaron Jones to the left side, I feel good <laughs> about it. Uh, to the right side, I'm not quite sure yet, but that's just. Um, I mean, I think right now, as he is going to go, that's how the the Packers' offense is going to go because if he's flowing, that opens up the Packers' passing game. That opens up the play action. That opens up so many things for them to just do what they want to do and and put their imprint on this game. Like if they can do, if they can rush the ball, if they can get that running game going, then all of a sudden they're in command. They're doing exact. They're they're running things the way they want. And against, a, a, like you said, Dusty, a team that hasn't had time to mesh, like a defense that doesn't have time to mesh, like that's exactly what you want to do. You want to be in control of the clock. You want to be scoring left and right on them like that. So Aaron Jones is my key to the game for the Packers. What we're also going to do now is one more thing that you're looking for. It doesn't have to be offense, defense. This is week one, so we're all excited to talk Packers football. And so, Dusty, what's one more thing that – anything that you're looking for in this game. Man, what I really hope, I mean, that the Vikings offensive line is not good. And we saw that last year, so I'm not going to get into some of that. But, like, honest, I, I, I assume he's going to dress. I'm not entirely sure. I feel like this could be, like, uh, I want to see what Kingsley Kiki can do. Um, I want to see if he comes out and plays anything, if he can do anything in the middle um, this could be a really fun game for that. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how many snaps he's going to get, if he gets snaps, whatever. But we know what Kenny Clark can do. We know what the Smiths can do. I want to see if when Kiki gets in, what he can do against this offensive line. So that, that's kind of, for me, because, I mean, you know, last year when they drafted him, it was kind of a guy to dream on, and you've been hearing good things about him. Week one's probably a bit too early for this, but, uh, but when he enters the game, I'm going to be watching him. I am just excited for Aaron freaking Rodgers. Everything <laughs> that everyone has been sharing from training camp is that this guy is looks happier than ever before, that he's just having so much fun. I know Janelle tweeted a picture of him or, or his like team photo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he has all his facial hair and he just kind of has this little smug grin on like his a, face. Like a Zen master guy. Yeah. yeah. And I... 
I don't know. Something about him feels different this year. I really like just kind of how laid back and, you know, he's taking his own advice, relaxed he looks. And I, I don't know. I just have a good feeling that good things are coming from him. And I really, really cannot wait. When I talked with um, Aaron Nagler a couple weeks ago, he said, you know, there's a noticeable improvement um, in some of the things that he was struggling with and or people were criticizing him about last season so that makes me really excited and i'm just ready for it and i want you know i don't care if it's an empty stadium or not in minnesota i'm ready for him to go off there's so much history with him there and just with that team i just i i need it i need it i (laughs) i just am so excited The air, the beginning of the Aaron Rodgers redemption tour starts in Minnesota, which we're uh, we're everybody, anybody listening is all for. I would also like to see what what purple drink he has after the game because it, there's been Gatorades, there's been purple crushes. I, like I, I want to see whatever. Uh, maybe you, maybe he'll break out a Welsh's grape soda this time. I don't know, <laughs> uh, but that'll that'll be really exciting. Dusty, you kind of you're looking at the interior of the defensive line. I'm I'm looking for the Smiths, man, and Rashawn Gary. I want to see what these dudes can do because everybody in the Vikings world is all, all excited because Riley Reef restructured his contract. The, <laughs> the God, the God. Woo! I'm like, I get it. You're probably excited because Ezra Cleveland isn't going to be your left tackle right away. I get that. That makes sense that you'd be excited about that. But oh God, like these two dudes and, and Rashawn Gary, like going to town on on Kirk Cousins is going to be a sight for sore eyes. So that is the big thing that I'm going to be looking for. I'm looking for the defense, like those guys to to kind of feed. And then hopefully Kirk Cousins will be throwing up a couple of duck passes that some of the guys in the secondary can pick off. So should be quite a bit of fun uh, this week. And I really think it's, it's great, you know, whenever you start on the road or whenever the Packers start on the road, it's always tough because, you know, there's always the U.S. I mean, going against Viking fans, like they are loud. They are. It's a raucous stadium. Like it's always a loud place to play. And not not having the fans there is going to be a big advantage for the Packers yeah. mm-hmm. this year. So mm-hmm. we did have a question last week about what we were going to do if we were going to predict games this year or what we're going to do. But uh, we've decided. Uh, well, Dusty decided because him yeah. and Sarah lost last year, so. They couldn't be bothered to pick the score, final score of the games this no, year. I'm not, not, not doing this again, Steve. Not relitigating this, no sir. See, and you wonder why we're like, oh, I don't like when Steve is right. It's because of nonsense like this, Steve. It's because of the way you act. It's the way you are. <laughs> Holy crap! It sounds like a conversation with my wife. <laughs> So what we decided to do this year was we are going to do a prop bet. Well, somebody between the three of us will come up with uh, some kind of stat or something like that, and um, we'll all have to make our prediction as to what it, if what it will be. So this week we've got Aaron Rodgers set at 275 passing yards and two touchdowns. So if you're taking the over, that means he hits on both. The under that means that he's not hitting on everything. So, Sarah, we'll start with you. Do you believe that Aaron Rodgers will or will not throw for 275 yards and two touchdowns? I'm going to go with the under just because I think 
Aaron Jones is going to score a lot of touchdowns. So that's why I don't think he may. I don't know if he'll hit the two touchdown mark. But we'll see. Um, and also, it's the first game, and there's just a lot of unknowns, and there was no preseason. So I think they're even, you know, if Rodgers is looking better than he had last season, there's still going to be rust just in of not getting game reps. So I'm going to go with the under and play it safe for this one. You know, I kind of hate to do it. I'm I'm taking the under two, and I think and I talked about what Rodgers I think he can do against the secondary, and I do believe that. But I also know uh, Zimmer knows him very well. Uh, Zimmer makes adjustments against him very well, and I wouldn't be shocked to see kind of a little more conservative approach in week one, kind of as the game goes on. If the Packers have the lead early, which I think they will. Uh, so I think last year, I think Rodgers didn't go over 250 in either game against the Vikings. Um, again, Zimmer just knows him. Like, even with those uh, those corners, I don't know that he's going to be throwing enough this game or, you know, at least chucking it deep. I think he's going to get a lot of kind of short completion. So uh, I hate I hate to do it. I'd love to see him just absolutely come out and explode. But I think they start a little slow. Like Sarah said, it's 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 essentially preseason <laughs> done much but practice. So I'll, I'll I will take the under here. Oh, God, this sucks. I really was hoping one of you would take the over so I could feel comfortable taking Because I don't want all three of us to do the same thing because this was Dusty's big complaint from last year. We all picked the Packers. We I, all did the same thing. Yeah, week, week one's weird, though, especially with yeah. this offseason. I, I assume there will be more variety going forward. But this this I think just this week one is just so weird, man. But I can't do it. Like I can't. I can't agree with both of you. So I'm just. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go optimistic Packers fan. I'm gonna take the over. Uh, I think there will be one or two of his quick hitters that there will be a broken tackle from either you know Devonte or MBS that'll you know reminiscent of what was it the Raiders game last year where he took one to the house just oh, uh, off of like a seven yarder or something like that. There'll be something big that hits for the Packers that uh, that will take him over the top, and then I think you know two seventy five two touchdowns that could probably be right around where he ends. Nothing, nothing crazy. You no know, like four hundred yard game or anything like that. I'm on board with you guys, but if it has to be me, I'll, I'll you know I'll, I'll be the optimistic Packers fan and take one for the team. So. I like it, and it wouldn't shock me a bit if he does it. Like, no, would not no, shock I mean, me. A bit. Nobody's gonna argue it now. And, yeah, and we're. And- Go ahead, sir. I was just going to say, this is going to be like the times last year where I, you know, I picked against the Packers and then they ended up winning. Like, I wasn't really upset about that. Like, I <laughs> would much rather the Packers win and or Rodgers play an amazing game and then just, you know, get crap from you for a week on the podcast <laughs> about it than them suck and Rodgers suck. So I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Um, so we'll do that. We're still kind of working out what the – the wager will be for this year so once we figure that out well obviously we'll let everybody know we are going to end with one more question uh obviously you guys know probably have a good guess who this is coming from because he always <laughs> brings he always brings the heat man like he he's got the football questions he's got uh he's got some food questions for us so if you ever want to copy a question we're start we're starting to see the copycat aspect of it which i really like mm-hmm. uh bringing the football question and the food question but eric rose uh, so if you want to give him a follow, that's at Eric Rose four wants to know who is the more critical backup starter for this week specifically, whoever plays right tackle or whoever plays inside linebacker next to Kirko. So Dusty, who are you thinking? Uh, right tackle. I mean, 
I think I'd I'd feel way more confident about it if, if Raven Green was healthy. I think um, because but I but I still kind of feel the same. Like they're they're going to rotate guys. I don't know if there's going to be like a, a you know I I don't I think the linebacker position is in a mo- little more flux and and that just based on how Petten likes to run things that it doesn't shock me a bit. Uh, but right tackle specifically against. Uh, this defensive line, I the a lot of the Vikings defense doesn't worry me. This defensive line is stacked, and so that position there, um, yeah, I think uh, for this specifically, it's it seems like right tackle running away. Yeah, I agree, and I mean I talked about this before. This is the thing that I'm going to be looking out for um, in week one, and if there's you know a lot of issues there, that's really really concerning. But if you know we're able to kind of make it work out and fight through it, then okay, we can do it. So I'm, I think that's definitely the most critical backup spot. Um, and then also just who comes after that is another question is sure there's guys on the depth chart, but how much experience do they really have? We don't know. Um, so I, I would have to agree with Dusty on that one. Yeah. I mean, we're three for three. There's uh there's no question as much as, You've got you've got Warren Burke sitting next to to Kirksey. That's uh, there's really nobody else. So <laughs> I mean, that's all you got at this point. I mean, they'll probably throw a safety in there if they would need to, and I'd feel more comfortable with that than I would with anybody else they have as a backup right tackle. So uh, I'm I'm really hoping that they'll be doing a lot of chipping with Mercedes Lewis uh, and and kind of going from there. So I I think it, yeah. Pretty much a consensus. That's who who will be looking for is the the most important backup is the right tackle, and then for his food question, um, with the unofficial start of fall foods, Eric wants to know where we sit on chili. Where it goes, beans, no beans, noodles, or Cincy style. So I had to actually look up Cincinnati style. Oh. Um, it looks like not uh, having any slander here, guys. Guys, we're not we're not talking about about Cincinnati chili. Okay? I don't like it. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine that you don't. Okay. Then so everybody's going to be a no on Cincinnati chili. I think I had it once at a cookoff. I was not. A, it has it has like spaghetti noodles in it or something. It doesn't have. It doesn't have to. It's just really really thin. Uh, like no beans, meat, and it's it's more like a sauce. Like I like if you have it. As a sauce, like you're not going to eat Cincinnati chili by itself. It's it's more a topping than something. It's like a chili dog or something. Get me a cheese huh. coney with, with Cincinnati chili. I am all about, man. My friend makes um, Skyline nachos, the, the Cincinnati chili nachos, that are insane. Big, big fan of those. Um, but, yeah, no, it's 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 beans but heavier on the meat. Steve was talking about his uh, the combination he used uh, for meats here before, which I am a big, big fan of. So. Yeah, so I I was I was sharing, you know, peeling back a, a layer to my my life and everything like that. I was this question came up from Eric, and I was like, ooh, it, it's like fifty degrees in Milwaukee. I'm like, sounds like I should make some chili. So I sent a text to watch. Uh, now I have to pull it up because it's too funny not to do the whole the whole description. Of it. it says, "This is to my wife." It says, "Hey, baby, it's that time of year with a like a heart eyes." She goes, "What?" chili season <laughs> and then to which i got two vomit um, <laughs> emojis and says honestly no offense your chili is disgusting it's ground meat and canned tomatoes like what the f is good about that <laughs> to be fair she doesn't like any chili so um 
And, and I've discussed, like, I've actually won an award for chili. Like, I've had people ask for my recipe. Like, there, there's a lot of things that go into that. So she's somebody who doesn't like chili. But it was just so funny. to The, the whole interaction was comical at best. Um, but for me, what I like to do is I like to do half ground, half ground beef, half Italian sausage. Normally, I like to do the sweet Italian sausage, and then I get the spicy chili powder that kind of gives it the, the the heat to it, but then it gives you a little bit of sweet, some brown sugar. Sometimes I'll do a little bit of chopped, like really, really chopped up jalapeno to give it some spice. Um, a lot, and you just you know mix that kind of all up, and it's chili, man. It's awesome. Like it's yeah. it's it's meat, yeah, it's beans, I, it's, it, that's it, tomatoes. That's what it is. That's not the and, exact recipe we use in my house, but. I, I'm going to go for the unofficial start of fall. That exact thing you just described. The only thing I might switch out, I'm a big fan of chipotle peppers over jalapenos, but everything else about that description, Steve, sounds like absolutely it. perfect. Oh, a, uh, now, now I'm going to have to try to find some you chipotle get, peppers. You get that like smokiness to it as well. Yep. You get the, you get that Ooh. spicy and smoky. It's really, really good. But yeah, that's like my it. my unofficial start of, of chili or of, uh, fall season is Steve's chili that I've never had. It sounds amazing. <laughs> He's gonna vacuum seal some to you. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm legit thinking about how I can send you guys chili. So that'd be amazing. I, I love chili. Mine all is about it. very similar to Steve's. Um, beans are big for me. Every I like to have a variety of them. I honestly, the more the better. I think in a good chili, and then. Um, you know, my family, we also do the same thing. We have half, you know, ground beef and then half Italian sausage. And we were talking about this a little before we started recording that that little addition of Italian sausage makes such a massive difference. And I think just, you know, the flavor of it, um, and just cooking it with everything else, just, I don't know, it's just so good. And obviously I like mine over noodles, so I'm okay with noodles. I know that was part of the question. And then I like sprinkling a little bit of cheese on top. So it's kind of my go-to. Yeah. I mean, I'm always okay with adding things to it. Like I do like rice is good with it. I've had, um, like elbow macaroni. Yeah. I always, I know Sarah, you hate sour cream, but I always, I, I'm always okay throwing a little sour cream or some cheddar on top and mixing it all together. It's always, uh, yeah. Chili's out. Chili's awesome. I don't Something I don't. else that's really good with chili. If like, you don't have, I guess if you're looking almost for like a carb, um, and you don't have rice or noodles or anything like that, if you get the big scoop Fritos, yes. Yes. Oh man. That's always really good too. So. For sure. Absolutely. That, that, or a bit, so like hungry. a fre- fresh cornbread. Like that's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chili, so okay. Well, it's official. I'm making chili this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> my kids will eat it i'll eat it my wife will not um but it'll be outstanding so uh all right let's that should wrap it up for this week i know we aren't going to do like official projections or like scores or anything but do you guys want to do who do you have winning the game is that fair can we do that that's fine yeah yeah i think, okay. I, I think we're probably always going to sit packers for the most part i got packers one of this i mean I, I feel good about how they did last year i think the i think there's a lot of things I think that need to go right uh, for the Packers to, uh, to to make a run at the Super Bowl this year. Uh, but I think the Vikings have more questions now um, yep. than, than the Packers do. So I'm I'm all in on – I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if, the, if this game starts in the same way that that Week 2 game started, uh, where the Packers just come out and touchdowns on the first three drives and blowing the doors off. I don't I don't think there's going to be that lull that there was. Like, I feel, I feel really good about the Packers winning 
I fairly big this week. Yeah, I feel really good too. And I think with the Packers, the their biggest worry this year is going to be on the defensive side of things, stopping the run. We saw what happened last year against the 49ers. Clearly that is a weakness that they need to try to improve on. But I think this offense, year two, you know, with this offense, with this playbook, I think it's going to be electric. I think the offense is going to be amazing this year. The pieces are really coming together, and it seemed like they were firing on all cylinders, um, you know, during training camp. And if the defense can improve throughout the season, I think they have a really great shot of having a great year. And we see week one right here, you know, the Vikings offensive line is, uh, is questionable, like we said. So I think that puts Green Bay in a great position, you know. Their offense is ready to go, and I think no matter who they play, they can compete with on the offensive side of things. And sure, I know that they have Dalvin Cook, um, but you know, with a weak offensive line, a great running back can only do so much. So I definitely think that the Packers can win this one, and hopefully by a pretty decent margin too. Yeah, we'll go three for three. I'll take the Packers. Um, I mean, not too. I think I think we've done a good enough job throughout the entire episode, kind of describing why we think that there's going to be some good thing happening up in Minnesota. So, with that, we will uh, we will start our closing thoughts. Sarah, did you have any for us tonight? Yeah. So, uh, starting on Sunday, following the game, I'll have my uh, game recaps, which I'm super excited about. I'm gonna uh, change it up a little bit this year. It'll have the same premise, but uh, it'll basically be what we learned from the game, what went right, what went wrong. Um, offensive MVP and uh, defensive MVP and something that you know I've kind of learned to love um, through our podcast is just hearing from you guys so be on the lookout because you know throughout the game probably at halftime and then um, after the game I'd love to get like um, some takeaways from you guys um, just like in tweets of you know what was your favorite moment of the half or what was your favorite moment of the game and then at the end of my story I'm hoping I can in I'm hoping I can include some of those. Um, I always think it's more fun when, you know, we host a show or when we write a story when we, you guys can get involved because you're our audience and you're who we do this for. And, um, you know, we're really happy that you guys are here. And so I want to try to involve everyone as much as possible. So um, definitely be on the lookout for that, um, you know, during and then right after the game. And it'll be up probably an hour or two, depending on, you know, how late the press conference is. I usually try to pull some quotes from there. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about that. I'm just really, I know we said it like 50 times, but I'm just so excited it's game week. And I really have just been looking forward to this. And I hope that, you know, everybody can stay safe and healthy. Healthy. I hope all of you guys are staying safe and healthy, wearing a mask um, when you're going out and things like that. And yeah, like as always, our DMs are open. We're here. Um, you know, we can talk Packers this week, especially more than ever. And we can talk life too. So that's my closing thought for the week. Yeah, in mine, I've got um, – so today, uh, when you're hearing this at 4 o'clock over on Cheesehead, you'll be able to read the final piece in my three-part series on uh, Equinemius St. Brown's 2018 season. Uh, I've kind of broken up different aspects of his game into a couple different pieces. This is the third and final piece where I'm looking at uh, coverage recognition. It's only three clips. Um but I think it does a good job of kind of showing how he learned and picked up on what defenses were doing throughout the year and kind of how to adjust on that, both on uh, kind of coverage rules and also based on kind of what Rogers kind of wants to do. So uh, it was a fun one. It's going to be shorter than the other ones, but it's, it's still fun to put together. And, and for me, I mentioned this before, but uh, you know, that EQ is a guy that's really excited about coming into last year. Then of course he got injured, didn't play. So this was a good chance to kind of really go back, dig into what I liked about him 
and 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 dive deep. And so this series has been a lot of fun. Uh, got me excited about him coming into this year. And so yeah, that'll be out Cheesehead Cheesehead today. And then I've also got another piece I'm working on. <laughs> it kind of came up late. Uh, I'm trying to get it out before the season. So I'm hoping by the end of this week, kind of looking at. Um, uh, Jordan loves college offense versus uh, versus the Packers offense, and kind of looking at how those how how those compare in terms of just kind of what they run and just philosophically how they run it and how they line up and all that stuff. So that's been a really fun one. I've gone through a bunch of uh, Jordan loves Utah State tape and just looking at the passing concepts and and stuff they run there and personnel groupings and all that. So it's it's a fairly big project, and I'm a very dumb person for waiting this long to try to do that because it's taking a lot of time. But I'm hoping to get that out by the end of this week. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, during the season, I've got, you know, Cheesehead, I think Wednesdays, I'll have the passing breakdowns on Wednesdays. Over at Packer Report, I'm going to have uh, the the pressure stuff and, and one big play I'm kind of looking at and breaking that down a little bit. So it's it's weird. Again, snuck up on me a little bit. Um, I knew the season was coming, but we're really in full bore here. So I got at least one piece, maybe two pieces this week. And then next week, we're, we're man, full speed ahead on football, which is just mind-blowing to think about and ridiculously exciting so uh yeah again and uh, to echo kind of what sarah said at the end just man just be nice to each other just respect each other um and just stay safe and and i don't know hope the packers kill the vikings i guess like (laughs) (laughs) uh the only thing i've got right now is there's an article on espn that simulates all 269 games of the 2020 (laughs) nfl season uh, written by Seth Walder, and I would tell you not to read it. <laughs> uh, so they ran over 20,000 simulations from their slate with ESPN's Power Football Index, their projection system, and it has the Packers losing to the Bears both times. <laughs> the Chicago uh, Bears, Steve? Or is there yeah, the Chicago team? Bears, okay. losing right. to them both times. It has the Packers starting like 5-1 and one or 5-2 and two and then ending 7-9, and nine. so... This is one of those things I find. Like I, I kept going, scrolling through and scrolling through and scrolling through. I'm like, really, really? They lose the Bears. I'm like, okay, lose the Bears once. Maybe that happens. Fluke happens. Yeah. Lose the Bears twice. I'm like, all right, you lost me there, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that's it. Uh, make some chili this weekend. Have some fun. Get a good six pack of beer, <laughs> bourbon, whatever you got. You know, sit back and enjoy that. There's actual real football happening again, and uh, you know. Enjoy the fact that the Packers are legitimately playing some NFL football on your TV again. So, uh, as always, you guys can follow us on Twitter at Sarah Kelleher4, at Steve Perhatch, at Dusty Evely, and Packaday Podcast at Packaday Podcast. Um, any five star reviews are obviously much welcomed, um, but. We're just excited. It's it's a great time to be an NFL fan. It's officially the season is starting. We're ready to go, and we're we're all on board to talk to you guys about it next week and break down the Packers' victory and then break down the week two opponents. So uh, we will chat with you guys next week. And as always, go Pack Go!